Dude, I eat like fucking eight eggs a day. I don't think that's normal. It's probably not good. I should probably calm down. The fucking biotin up the ass, dude. Your fucking beard is going to be sick. Welcome back to the Moose Bros podcast, where we've run out of witty things to say by now. Actually, we've run out like three or four weeks ago. I'm Harris, Huncho Harris on the gram. Here with my brother and co-host, Armin, Armin Moose on the gram. The Tennessee Titans managed to not to fuck anything up, so now we can talk about week five without them. All right, well, I guess the big news this last weekend is Dak Prescott's injury looked kind of gross. Got tackled by Logan Ryan, I believe it was. Fell on that uh, ankle pretty bad. He apparently dislocated it and had a compound fracture. Uh, Did you get to see that, or did you not even want to look at it? (laughs) I didn't see it live, but I did see it um, in highlights. Like, it was all over social media. And I hate watching those because it's like you know it's going to be bad, but then you also want to see what the hell happened. And it's like a car crash like you can't help but look but yeah it sucks and like every time i watch those plays i'm afraid to walk for like a week because you just feel every <laughs> single time you feel some sort of pain in your legs you're like is it just gonna give out on me so that was it was really tough it was gruesome and i think just tough for uh deck prescott in general to he took a batter on himself right to sign that contract um that uh franchise tag and you know, to show that, you know, he's going to be the starter. He's going to be the future of the Cowboys. And then something like that happens, and now it's in question, like, how is he going to come back? We talked about it before in one of our podcasts about the mental aspect of when it comes to injuries. I'm sure his ankle and all that is going to come back full strength physically. But mentally to go out and run again, to throw again, to do all that, is going to be a shit show for anybody. And I think, you know, it's going to show a lot. I guess, what is that uh, What is that Mamba saying? My, minor setback for major comeback. Um, so I guess if as long as he keeps that mentality and he's fine, I mean, he's a professional football player. He's got to this level with the mindset he's had. I'm assuming he's only going to come back and play at, you know, where he was at. But... Anybody going down with that gruesome injury, I can only imagine how afraid they are to run again. Um, so. Actually, when he was kind of getting carted off, it really reminded me of Earl Thomas's situation a couple years ago where the season started off. I mean, Earl Thomas was actually holding out for contract negotiations. Kind of similarly, um, Dak was having contract issues at the beginning of the year before he signed the franchise tag. Uh, and then they were both kind of being carted off, except – uh, Earl Thomas was flipping off his sidelines while Dak Prescott was kind of holding up his fist. So a little bit different emotionally, but almost kind of, I don't know, brought back memories of that Earl Thomas situation up in Seattle. Yeah, I think in regards to, like, is this the last time we see Dak Prescott in a Cowboys uniform? Is this the last time we see him in the NFL? Definitely that, other than flipping off Pete Carroll. <laughs> um, different emotions, for the, each player, but I think the same storyline heading into next year, like where is it going to be? Is it going to be with the Cowboys? Is he going to be able to play? Is he going to be fully recovered? Tough situation for him for sure. I mean, I can only imagine taking that bet on yourself, and he was putting up a really good season. He was proving that, 
you know, he's able to win this. Not He wasn't winning a lot, but he's putting up a lot of numbers, and a lot of those losses were because of his defense, things like that. So to bet on yourself and for the first five weeks prove that, you know, you could be a starter in this league, you could be a franchise guy, or at least go towards that trend, and to have your season cut short by a gruesome injury, you know, that sucks. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, not to make light of the situation, but one of the funniest things was uh, like a video replay I saw earlier today where he was just kind of like holding his leg and just like looking at it all kind of disformed. And Tony Romo was just like, you got to hope that's just a cramp or something. Like there's no way that's a cramp, dude. His ankle is completely twisted out. Yeah, I I didn't see that, but everyone was saying that. And I didn't know what the hell happened. Some people were saying that he said that as he fell down before the thing panned to him. I didn't watch the whole thing. But, yeah, that's absurd. Like I don't know if he was just trying to be like, you know, like, oh, no one look. Let's just make sure it's no big deal or something to try not to make it as gross as it was. Or he generally didn't see what the hell happened. It was like, ah, it's a foot cramp. Yeah. So I don't know. He's He's been kind of weird calling uh, games lately. He's kind of fallen off from being that guy that predicted the plays to now just saying, like, the most random stuff. Yeah, uh, CBS uh, told him tone it down with uh, calling offenses. Like, you're not a coordinator <laughs> guy. Just call a goddamn game. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I remember seeing that memes. It was funny. I mean, people were defending Tony Romo, saying when he said it that you could really tell what happened. But watching the play when he got tackled and flipped over, you could see his foot dangling. I mean, it was it was fast. It was you know he's not looking for that in particular. Like when people are watching the replay, they're looking for the injury in particular. So he's just you know he's calling the play. He doesn't see it. But you know yeah, I saw that uh, going viral on the internet. Everyone wanted to fucking gut punch him. Um, but back to Dak's situation, I mean, Andy Dalton took over for that game and brought him back to a victory, and in what limited time he had in there, he looked pretty good. Do you think he can continue that for the rest of the year, or is it just kind of a change of quarterback situation where the defense wasn't ready? I mean, it was the Giants, after all. Um, it's not really anything special. Um, do you think Andy Dalton can keep this team competitive or maybe even be better than what Dak's been putting out? Uh, I don't think he's going to be better than Dak and what Dak was able to do for the first uh, five weeks. I think he'll keep him competitive, but I don't think he's going to push them to the playoffs or anything by the, by the, any means. I think it, I think for this Sunday, at least, it was the classic guy coming in after an injury, don't know what to do with, don't know his tendencies, don't know what he's going to play. It's against the Giants. Uh, and he able to he was able to excel. Granted, some incredible catches by Michael Gallup. So I think that he'll keep him competitive. He'll he, you know he's not an awful backup quarterback. He's not a guy you can't win with. But he, I don't think he's going to push him to the playoffs by any means. But I don't know. Maybe he'll surprise people. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask, but you kind of already answered that, saying that he's not going to be that guy. But is there ever a scenario where? Dalton could be the future and Dak actually does not come back to Dallas? Yeah, the only scenario I see that happening is if Andy Dalton pulls out that red rifle and starts kicking the shit out of people. But I think that's a far-fetched from what he's done previously. Also, I mean, with the Bengals, he did not have any weapons around him to you know, succeed other than like his first couple of years when he came to the NFL. So he has a lot more weapons you know, than he did in Cincinnati. His line's a little shaken up because they had a lot of injuries there. 
the only way I see him coming back and being the guy is if this year he leads him to the Super Bowl or leads him to the playoffs and puts up good, big numbers. But I don't see it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, even the Cowboys, you know, Jerry Jones in the front office said they're kind of invested in Dak and they're going to do everything they can to bring him back. But I don't know. You, you can never really trust Jerry Jones. He's always scheming something. Oh, yeah. Jerry Jones is definitely in a pool in Barbados right now. I don't know. Is that what he does? I don't know. I think that's just uh, L.A. Clippers. Oh, okay. um, so as Dak was going off the field, well, I guess Alex Smith came on before. Um, but, yeah, Alex Smith came on to a standing ovation. First time in like 600-some days. Coming back from a similar injury that Dak had. Um, did you get to catch any highlights or, I guess, lowlights? Because I, I don't think he really yeah. put up any high numbers. Yeah, the, the best thing he did was carry Aaron Donald on his back. And I think that gave <laughs> yeah. us some reassurance that his leg is good to go for the rest of the season. So I think everybody was uh, wincing when he when he was activated to play, uh, when he was limping and shit. I think it's a really cool story. Like I said, the mental aspect of coming back from an injury like that to – go back in the trenches and you know, you're going to get hit, you know, that fucking big ass Aaron Donald's going to leap on your back and for you to withstand that. I mean, that's a win in itself, even though that he didn't win the game and he didn't look good at all. Um, being out of football for two years, coming back from a gruesome injury and then all the complications after the injury, all those in surgery infections or whatever the hell happened to him. I think his biggest win was just getting back on the field. And even if he has uh, a shit season going forward, I don't think anybody's going to really – I don't say – no one's going to be mad. I'm sure Red, our, the football team fans are going to be mad uh, because they want their team to win. They want their team to succeed. But I think for him personally, even though he might not say it's a win if he plays bad, I think just coming back for something like that, I think he feels good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's kind of sad, but, you know, all most of the highlights I saw of him was him getting sacked and thrown around. So it's it's kind of bittersweet almost. It, I guess his return isn't, you know, he didn't re-injure his uh, ankle like, actually kind of like uh, RG3 did a few years ago. Um, so it's it's reassuring to see the fact that he can get sacked, I guess and not make things worse but yeah i don't i don't know if he's going to be the future there kyle allen is supposed to be back uh, i guess him getting knocked out by jalen ramsey wasn't that big of a deal i guess he passed concussion protocols and it was actually a shoulder injury or arm injury or something yeah uh do you think smith will see the field again or do you think this is pretty much kyle allen's team for the rest of the year I want to say Smith will see the field again because I think Ron Rivera is wants to evaluate his team. So I think if Kyle Allen is not playing well at all, then he's only going to go to Alex Smith. Because even for, I mean, I think Ron Rivera knows he's going to a rebuilding team uh, and a team that has a lot of holes, and he wants to see what he's got in his players. So if the quarterback is handicapping the other players and they're not putting out good film, they're not able to – show their best talents. He's going to put a quarterback in there that allows them to at least see what he's got on the offensive side of the ball and also defensive side of the ball because if you're actually in the games and you're competitive, the defensive plays matter a lot more than if you're getting blown out and it's garbage time and 
that's the film you're putting out. So I think ultimately whoever gives them the best chance to win will be in there, regardless of Alex Smith coming back from a horrific injury or if it's Kyle Allen trying to prove that he can, you know, be a starter. Uh, the one guy we haven't mentioned is actually Dwayne Haskins, who I guess now is third on the depth chart. Do you see him staying with the team, maybe getting back, or do you see them unloading him before the trade deadline? He's definitely out in my books. Um, because there, I mean, no one, there's a reason why you go from a starting quarterback to just a healthy scratch when you're healthy. Um, I think something happened behind the scenes that nobody is, you know, nobody wants to leak right now that I saw reports that again, I take this with a grain of salt because this seems to always happen when a team is trying to trade a player, they throw out random stuff in the media like oh he's doing this he's doing that to make it to justify them getting rid of Dwayne Haskins when it could be <clears throat> Ron Rivera just doesn't like the way he plays so the reports are coming out that after he put up the his best game against the you know top Ravens defense the 315 yards or whatever the hell he did um that he was I guess bragging I don't know if in the locker room or to his friends or whatever it was bragging basically like I did my job you guys lost. It wasn't because of me type thing. And when Ron Rivera came up to him and told him, I don't know, like he had a little confrontation with him. He didn't want to, uh, reports are saying that, you know, he's wants him to play a certain way to go through his progressions a certain way, but he's just refusing to do it. How much, how true that is. I mean, only they know. I think he's out though. I mean, Ron Rivera came out, talked about he, how he wanted to test him. And they went for it in that Ravens game. They went for it on that fourth down. It was like fourth down and 14. And mm -hmm. Dwayne Haskins checked it down for like a five-yard gain. And I yeah. think at that point, I mean, the game wasn't really in question, but it's fourth down and 14, meaning that we have to get 14 yards or we have to score or whatever, you know, to keep the chains moving, to keep the ball game going. But he decided to check it down and got nowhere with it. So that's, I mean, that's game awareness. Could that be that he didn't believe that they were going to win the game, so he decided to check it down, pat his stats so he can get 315 yards, and go and tell people I'm doing my job, and the other guys are like, what the fuck are you doing? You're checking it down on 4th and 14, you bozo. So, yeah. again, I don't. you only know unless it actually comes out of one of their mouths what happened, but I can only imagine what they're saying could be true because why else do you just take a former first-round pick and just not even give him a shot to show 14 games that he could be the guy or 15 games, 17 games, give him a full season to be the guy. They're already like, he's not it. Let's move on. So interesting. Yeah. And I don't know. I think he's out. Do you think there's any possible destinations, uh, any teams that might be interested in a quarterback right now or a future quarterback where he might go? Yeah, it's interesting. I see him going to, I mean, I always want to plug the Patriots because they just seem to like <laughs> find some guy who's not doing well and he just, you know, works for them. So I, for whatever reason, Patriots yeah. always pops in my head. I could see him going to like a, the Saints, right? A team where the quarterback's about to be gone. So I see him going to one of those type of teams. And then possibly the Broncos because they don't have a quarterback. I mean, they have Drew Locke, mm -hmm. but depending on how uh, set they are on Drew Locke, you know, because their quarterback situation is looking pretty rough. So yeah. I see, like, one of those teams that, you know, don't have a 
good court or have a good quarterback situation, but it's on the tail end of their career to possibly bring him in and you know compete next year or you know groom him or whatever they want to do. So to go from bad quarterback play to good quarterback play, did you catch Russell Wilson on uh, Sunday Night Football? Yeah, everything was cool about that, except when he compared himself to a WNBA player after that. <laughs> um, I mean, he did compare his clutchness to one of the most clutch WNBA players. Yeah, uh, but... Do you think he's, like, the most clutch player? Well, since he entered the league, he's got the most game-winning drives. Do you think he's probably one of the top clutch players in NFL history? I want to say yes, but the only reason I want to say yes is because I never actually got to watch the Joe Montana's and Dan Marino's, those type of players. And then obviously watching Tom Brady play, who's had just fourth quarter comeback after comeback. And Tom Brady was just known as that guy in the fourth quarter, no matter how many points you were down, he was going to lead you and win. So I want to, I want to still give it to Tom Brady before Russell Wilson's career is over. But in the last, you know, years that, you know, how many years he came in in 2013, I believe. And that span, yeah, 2011. Oh, was it 2011? In that span, so. he's been absolutely crushing it. And with him, it was like kind of with that Tom Brady. No matter what, you're in the game with Rumple Steel Skin until you know the clock hits zero. And Pete Carroll knows that, and that, I think that's why the team never panics. And you know, he is a leader on the field in terms of like his incredible positivity or he's just like okay yeah we're gonna play good we're gonna play good this is good you know <laughs> and then he's chewing gum yeah. with Pete Carroll and shit on the sideline they're talking about what's better trident or five and but then also with his play style like if some guy's being positive and he's being a loser right if he's like we're gonna do good we're gonna play good we're gonna do good and then he goes and throws a pick six you're like all right dude enough of your stupid positivity i'm gonna uppercut you yeah yeah but when he's that positive and then goes and leads the game to win and he's always making clutch plays you're like fuck dude this guy's got it you know so he right. leads that way like you know by example as well so you know, I definitely put him in that consideration as one of the most clutch players in NFL history. But again, a little biased because I never got to watch any of the other players other than highlights and all that type of shit. True. Um, Jamal Adams actually just put out a tweet saying DK Metcalf is the next Megatron. Seeing how him and Russell are playing together and seeing his performance, you know, especially on that last drive, would you say that's too far-fetched or – you think that's actually possible that he might be the best receiver in the league? Um, I don't put him in the best receiver in the league category like Megatron, but I put him in the Megatron play style. So Megatron, when you look at his route tree, when he played for the Detroit Lions, he really he ran post routes, go routes, slant routes, hitches. He didn't really do anything extravagant. Of course, he did, you know, post corners and all that stuff, but he didn't, because he's so tall, obviously, inevitably, it's hard to bend and do those type of things, right? So his route tree was very simple, but it worked because he was an incredible athlete and just unguardable with his speed and his strength and all that. So I think that's where DK Metcalf compares to Megatron because similar build, similar skill set, similar route tree, and can excel at that route tree, so he can be... Yeah, I think that's where he compares, but in turn, I don't think he'll ever be Megatron, you know, with the numbers he put up, and I just don't see him getting to that level, but he's been absolutely crushing it since he's gotten to the league, 
he's jacked out of his mind. And I think I could see that comparison, but kind of not, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think you're right. I think where that comparison comes from is from their physical traits and athletic ability. But I think it's way too early to tell if he'll have the statistical seasons that Kelvin Johnson had. I mean, he started off really good this year, and I think he's on pace for like a 1,500-yard season. But I feel like that might dwindle down after time. I mean, we're only a quarter way through the season. So I think it's too early to call on the fact that he'll have a career like Kelvin Johnson where you consistently put up ridiculous numbers. Um, but at the same time, I think he's fine being in that sort of comparison just for the physical traits so long as he keeps winning with uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, for sure. That's the thing, too. I, I feel like with Calvin Johnson, he succeeded with whatever quarterback he had back there. Um, but with DK Metcalf, I don't know if I'm there yet to say he'll succeed with any quarterback back there. Yeah, so you think if he's here after Russell's retirement, that he might struggle? Yeah, I mean, that this is kind of how I feel right now, but obviously that could change with he's only in his second year, so he can develop you know, even more than he already has. Yeah, I think you're right. So moving on to another big story, the second coach this year has been fired. Dan Quinn is out of Atlanta. Uh, what do you think Atlanta's future is looking like? I think that the next guy coming in is probably going to draft the quarterback. Even though Matt Ryan has some years left in him, I have a feeling that they're going to move on from him next year. Because I feel like they have a good enough offense to put up a lot of points. Uh, I mean, I guess that could be attributed to Matt Ryan, but I just feel like whenever a new GM comes in, he's probably going to be up to like a top five pick. He, you know, floating around a new quarterback or whatever is only going to be tempting to those guys. So. I could see them moving on from Matt Ryan. If they don't move on from Matt Ryan, then he's going to be a stopgap quarterback until they find their guy. Uh, his age is showing, but he has been crushing it uh, despite his bad defensive play, despite the coaching staff there. That's hard to tell. They, they're putting up points, and he, you know, they have a chance to win for most games. But I just feel like whenever a new regime comes in with an older quarterback who hasn't won much in the last, you know, couple of years since that Super Bowl, really, uh, they're going to go with their guy. I mean, Matt Ryan's been doing it pretty much without Julio Jones this year. He's been hurt most of the year. So a lot of rumors are floating around about the Falcons kind of trying to trade him before the deadline and seeing what they can get um, for you know to build up draft capital for the next coach. Do you think they would actually trade Matt Ryan before the deadline, or do you think they'd hang on to see who the coach is and see how he wants to move on? I think they hang on until they see who the coach is. Uh, I don't see them making a splash trade like that, especially when, you know, no GM or head coach is in place because maybe that's an attractive piece or maybe that's like the owner wants to use that as an attractive piece. Like, hey, we still got a starting caliber quarterback for you to work with, for you to possibly trade to get picks. So I don't think they do that until they actually have a GM or coach in place to have, you know, some sort of vision that they have with the team. Because if they do it now – and it's gonna look and it's gonna look like a like they do it now when their backup quarterback comes in and shits the bed hard as fuck. The next guy coming in might be like not attracted to that position because he's just like, Who can I work with if I don't get a quarterback this year? And I might not like any of the guys the coming out of college. So I think yeah. they don't do that until the next guy comes in and, you know, 
shows his vision of the team. Yeah, and I mean, having Matt Ryan on the team, even with the new coach, I think it's going to be beneficial to have that sort of veteran there to teach the new guy, whoever comes in. So I think Matt Ryan's kind of realizing, too, that his time in Atlanta is almost done and he's going to have to take a role as kind of like a mentor, kind of like Fitzpatrick is doing down in Miami. It's really a matter of time before he's replaced. So, so long as willing, he's willing to accept that, I think that's probably what Atlanta's future is looking like. Um, do you see Atlanta unloading other players for draft capital? Uh, rumors are actually going around about Julio Jones possibly being traded. Uh, if they do, I think that's absolutely absurd. Why would you get rid of a talent like that, even though you could probably get a lot for him? Because say you're, say you're picking a quarterback next year. You like Trevor Lawrence. You like Trey Lance or you know Justin Fields, whoever's coming out next year, and you like that guy, and you got a top three pick, and you're going to pick your quarterback. Why not – give your quarterback a chance to succeed and actually have one of the best receivers in the league, regardless of how old he is, he's still producing, he's still competing. I think trading him for picks, I, I wouldn't like to move. I mean, I could see some people justifying it, but I honestly wouldn't like to move because he's just a talent you can't really get rid of. Yeah, he is a big cap hit for the team, and I mean, he is getting up there in age. He's been injured, so I think those might be the factors leading that. But, yeah, and I mean, Calvin Ridley's actually doing really good this year to kind of fill in for that role, but I think they just actually, Russell Gage just got hurt, so they're starting to get thin at receiver. Um, I, I mean, that would be kind of the only reasons I would see them getting rid of Julio. What about other guys, though, on the team? Or do you think they'll just stick with what they got right now? Like I said, I think they stick with what they got for right now until that new guy comes in with whatever vision they have. Because if they make any moves now without their coach and GM in place, you don't know how – I mean, it might attract some people, but also might turn down a lot of people that, you know, if they saw some player on there that they thought they could work with, like say Julio, and then they get rid of him, they're like, okay, I'm not going to go there. They don't even have a number one threat or whatever the case is. So I don't think they do anything until they bring in their new guy. Or maybe, you know, the owner is just like, fuck, and that does it live, and, <laughs> yeah, it gets like. rid of them. So I guess if you wanted to go into it, um, the trade deadline is coming up. I believe it's November 3rd. Did you want to kind of overreact to some players possibly getting traded? Right now, uh, A.J. Green looks like the um, lip sync guys caught him saying, trade me on the sidelines. So rumors are coming out that he might get traded. Do you see? I mean, he's been having a rough year in Cincinnati. Yeah. I thought when during the season, like I watched a Cleveland game, he got absolutely shut down by Denzel Ward. Then also the Jacksonville Jaguars game, he put up an okay game um, that I watched. He just never looked like he was into it. And I feel like it's not really talked about, but I just think he doesn't really have it anymore. Unless he's just completely milking it and he knows that it's a rebuilding year. Joe Burrow is getting DDT'd back there, getting suplexed by whoever the hell is coming through the line. So I think he's like, you know, this is going to be a shit year. I'm 30-some years old. I just want to win. I'm tired of being on this Bengals team that just hasn't produced at all other than my like my first couple of years in the league. So I think for him, I don't know if he's milking it. it. To me, it looked like he just didn't have it. Maybe he's like looking and pointing the fingers at the Bengals organization being like, you guys aren't giving me a chance to win, whatever. 
I see him getting dealt, especially with on the sideline. It 100% looked like he said, trade me. I was trying to figure out other things that he could have been saying, maybe bathe me. Um, something like that, which would be weird. So I didn't think he said that. Um, so I see him I see him getting dealt for sure. I did see clips of him, what looked like him giving up on plays. That, again, could be kind of just frustration of him being like, I've been with this team forever and now i got to go through a whole rebuild. Like, I'm not really down for this. I'd rather go to a team that's kind of winning right now. Um, is there any team that you think he might end up on? I didn't really think of that. I would say probably, I think the only only people who are going to make a trade for an old receiver like that are any of the teams looking for, you know, trying to make that playoff push. Um, I can't really think of anyone top of my head, though, to be honest. Yeah, me neither, actually. I mean, who's kind of, who's got a decent running game but kind of lacking a number one receiver? Maybe... Uh, Patriots? Yeah, maybe the Rams. In other trade rumors, Le'Veon Bell apparently liked a comment on Twitter that was like saying he's not getting enough carries, so Adam Gase was pissed about it. Some rumors are saying he might get traded. Honestly, I even if he didn't do that, if I was him, I would try to get traded. I mean, the main reason he came there, he said, was because of Jamal Adams. Now that Adams is gone and that team is going to shits, I feel like he could probably be on the trade block before the deadline for a team that needs a running back. So I think he's still a talented running back. He's just being misused in New York. Yeah, I think the happiest guy in the NFL right now is definitely uh, Le'Veon Bell. And I think that he definitely did that shit on purpose. He knew it. He probably went and liked a hundred things that said fucking – he didn't get the ball and offer that Adam Gase is a bozo. He probably screenshot it and sent it to fucking Adam Gase to get them get him the hell out of there. And in all honesty, good move for him. Like a good move for anybody in the Jets organization to get the hell out of there. Who wants to play for that coach? Who like like I said, all the rumors coming out. No one's saying anything good. I'm trying to find something where. Someone's out there like, yeah, he's a he's a cool guy, you know. Nothing, not even like uh, he opens the door for me or like <laughs> he says thank you or something. Nothing to indicate any sort of positivity coming from Adam Gase, other than he does smelling salts on the sideline. And it's just I I can only imagine being a Jets player right now and just it's one thing to be on a shitty team, but it's like say you like your coach, you like your players, you like your environment or whatever. But when you're on a shitty team and you don't like your coach, you're not getting the ball, you probably don't like some of the players, everyone's looking like a fucking bozo. Yeah, so, I mean, especially being an all-pro, especially having successful years before, he definitely is waiting to get out of there. And I see him being shipped unless, I mean, unless the Jets can't get anything for him because other teams are like, to want him or I don't know why another team wouldn't want him maybe he's too expensive but he's probably one of the happier like if this you know rumor is true and he is on the block he's probably happier than any other Jets player right now yeah that's probably the only thing that can make a Jets player happy at this point is rumors about them getting traded it's kind of sad trade for Le'Veon Bell I guess it would be a team in need of a running game Mm, that's tough because like he fits a lot of teams because he's so versatile but i just think it's the money standpoint for most teams to make that trade for him if they don't already feel like they're they're you know their running game is brutal or whatever i could see somebody like uh the saints going after him even though they got alvin Kamara, maybe like just like that 
you know, dual threat. That's, that's that first team that came to mind, but I'm like, they already have Kamara. I feel like they're kind of set at the running back position, even with, like, Taysom Hill there, too. Yeah, or, um, yeah. What's his name? Murray. Right. Um, so that's one. Maybe uh, the Chargers, maybe something like that. Or who do they got? Yeah, Austin Eckler. And... Yeah, he's hurt. All right, well, I mean, the next team I was kind of thinking of was actually the Lions. Um, it's it's kind of hard. Like, the guy that comes to mind is Kerryon Johnson because I feel like they're ready to move on from him because they got Swift and, you know, they got Adrian Peterson. Somehow I feel like he's ready to be shipped out because I think Matt Patricia is going to be gone from there soon. Um, even I, I don't know who Houston would give up to maybe get some draft capital for the next coach coming in. I can't see J.J. Watt being let go. But then again, I could see J.J. Watt. I mean, Miami got rid of, like, Jason Taylor, who was their franchise back in the day. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Houston try to get some draft capital for J.J. Watt and unload his contract. Could be. I mean, I feel like J.J. Watt is just, for the city of Houston, he's like the fucking mayor over there. Yeah, I know so, he's more important than the mayor. Yeah, I feel like the city of Houston would riot if they got rid of J.J. Watt. Yeah, exactly. I feel like the only person that would do something that crazy would probably be Bill O'Brien, so now that he's gone. Yeah, yeah, now that Bill O'Brien is fucking not calling the shots anymore, everyone's safe. Uh, is there any other players or teams that you think might make some moves before the trade deadline? Uh, I mean, I think right now those are the most, I guess, pertinent players or pertinent you know, teams. So I, I don't know. Typically, the NFL deadline usually goes by. Nothing ever happens. So even these players who are on the block. Nothing's probably going to happen. So yeah, it's not like the NBA where uh, yeah, shit always goes down. Yeah, everyone in the NBA is like clenching their butt cheeks when it comes to the deadline. In the NFL, no one really, nothing really ever happens. Especially not big players. They never get traded. I feel like. I feel like was it last year or maybe two years ago that there was actually some big names. Last year, Kenyon Drake got shipped out from Miami. I remember that. Mm. And someone, I don't know, someone else too. But, yeah, that was, like, the big one. Well, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, did you want to talk about anything else? No, I think that's kind of everything going into our recap, I guess. All right, well, that wraps it up. Thanks for listening to the Moose Bros podcast. Uh, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you want to see clips of this, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go Hawks.